Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art, series favorite art and culture podcast with your host, Man One, and yours truly, Sourdough. How you doing, Man One? Yo, doing well. Doing good, bro. What's good? Uh, everything's good. Nice answer. <laughs> everything's good. That's the way you got to be these days. But the truth is, it's not. The truth isn't the truth. The truth isn't the truth. You know, it's, I saw something the other day that got me thinking about this. You know, this this saying, this phrase, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's, it's like, all good. No, it's not. It's not all good. It's all good in the hood. <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I've had the chance to very fortunate, lucky opportunity to travel in what we'll call, you know, the third world. Yeah. You know, impoverished places. I'm mm -hmm. thinking of Haiti in particular. Yeah. People that are supposed to be miserable and sad. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of sadness and misery in Haiti. Yeah. But the thing that took away from Haiti uh, is just how happy and positive the Haitians I met were. Right. And yet here we are, you know, in America with all the comforts that come with living in an advanced economy, so on and so forth. And we're pissed off and on meds and, you know, everything else. More money, else. more problems. Yeah, I guess. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. Have you ever seen the Spike Lee movie, Mo Better Blues with uh, Denzel Washington? Yeah, I think I turned it off halfway through. Oh, really? Like, I couldn't. It was too slow. It yeah, was it was slow. Fucking, it was yeah, just yeah. like, just get to the fucking point already. <laughs> like, what's going to happen here? I don't remember it, but I well, remember- Spike has a new movie out. I haven't the seen Black it. The Black Klansman? Yeah, I want to see it. I'm generally a Spike Lee fan. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time is Do the Right Thing. Of course. But I want to see it, but I've heard mixed reviews- and like a, on the opposite spectrum, like this is an awesome movie. You got to see it all the way to another friend said, I walked out of the movie. It sucked. Right. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I'll check it out. Sounds I like see a it. good Netflix uh, movie. Yeah, right. It sounds <laughs> like, yeah. There's not a lot of things that I'm willing to go to the theater for nowadays. My whole thing about going to the theater is that if, you know, I only go to the theater based on the number of explosions and the high right. body, yeah. the higher the body count, yeah. the, the more, the more I'll go. It's got to be, you know, right. crazy. It's got to be over the top. Uh, like, yeah, I agree. Lots of special effects. Yeah. If, if there's special effects and explosions and all that shit, it's got to be on the big screen. Big screen. Loud. So I have a confession. Uh oh. I have news. All right. Let's hear it. You sitting down for this? Yep. <laughs> what is it? I'm going to Burning Man. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to be a burner? Well, I'm going to be at Burning Man. You're going to be Does at that Burning make Man. me a burner? What is a burner? Is that what they call them? People go to the Burning Man? They're burners? Well, yeah, I just don't really know what that means. Is, is it just that simple? It's like, oh, you, you go to Burning Man, therefore you are a burner? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I leave tomorrow. Oh, man. <laughs> 
I don't know what to think of you now. I don't know what to think about you now. That's all these years I thought you were cool. <laughs> so what is your, okay, so I bring this up very specifically. <laughs> what is your perception of Burning Man? Not your man one as, yeah. as an artist, yeah. as man one, you know, <laughs> yeah. quite frankly, quite yeah. candidly, what is your perception of man? I mean, of <laughs> Burning Man. Right. White privilege. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm asking. I'm curious, you know? I mean, when I think of Burning Man, it's like, I, the first thing I think of is, it's a bunch of white people who are super safe in their environments, and they need to go somewhere crazy to <laughs> let it all out right. and fucking just, you know, just go explore and be crazy, and then come back to the reality of living a fun, sheltered you know, life. Right. That's how I, I perceive it. <laughs> right. Right. How do you perceive the art that is there that you're aware of? I've never been there. I don't know. You know, yeah, I've seen photos, well, but I've like, never been there and, yeah. and I don't know, but it's, um, I don't know what the art is like, except that I kind of think about it like, you know, like the hippies, mm -hmm. right? So like, do you like hippie art? Well, if you're a hippie, you probably like it, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but Am I into hippie art? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not wearing that type of clothing or looking at that type of stuff. What is a hippie anyway? Well, no, I mean, back in the 70s, white privilege. White privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's how I view it. So, I don't yeah. know what the art is except that I probably don't like it or I'm probably not into it. What I have seen are things that are created there, you know, these fucking vehicles and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and statues mm -hmm. or... or whatever these things mm -hmm. they build and it always seems to be like a super expensive hobby for somebody <laughs> like you know some of the shit they create like costs a lot of fucking money to create some of the stupid shit mm -hmm. in these vehicles and it's like a i don't have time for that b i don't have money for that so so yeah so i'm sorry that you're going to burning man <laughs> is what i'm trying to say well so part of the reason why i wanted to confess and bring this up is because i thought it would be interesting to do a BB show and an AB show. Yeah. So before Burning Man <laughs> and after Burning Man show. Right? right. Right. So let's talk about Burning Man before I go. Right. right. And we'll talk about Burning Man after I well, come back. Well, you'll talk about it. I, well, I'm just I saying. I'm not, I'm not going. Because <laughs> I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Right. And all candor. Right. Yeah, so yeah. because this gets to part of the reason why I'm sourdough. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because... If you recall, right, um, they call me sourdough yeah. because um, I lived in a remote wilderness area for an extended period of time. I can handle myself right. uh, in the bush, as they say. Yeah. So they call me sourdough. And the point, though, is that I get why people like to go in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Right. I get that. Yeah. Okay. I love going to the middle of nowhere, too. Shit, sure. I lived in, I had a cabin there. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, right. Right. The difference though is that, you know, I don't want to be with 50,000 people. Right. I want to be alone. I want to, if I'm spending this much time and energy and money <laughs> yeah. to go to the middle of nowhere, yeah. I don't want to see anybody. Yeah. Right. And I'm going and there'll be 50, 60,000 other people there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to put that out there because while I get, I think I get why. Burning Man is why people like to go to the middle of nowhere and, and do yeah. this, okay? Just at a base level. But my particular journey or, or experience around Burning Man 
is also obviously very personal because right. in back in the day in the early mid nineties in Chicago, um, I happened to meet and hang out. Uh, he stayed at my apartment. Uh, one of the early like founders of Burning Man. Like, I mean, he was like one of the first people to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And Burning Man's been, I mean, literally Burning Man started as I understand, I forget the guy's name, but artist. And he constructed this, man on the beach in San Francisco mm-hmm. and it ritualistically set it on fire and watched it burn. And it was just for himself for some reason. And I don't think he ever really explained why he did it or what yeah. it was, but it was all about him and it was a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And he went back and he did it a year later Yeah, and people started coming to watch and it became a party. And eventually it grew so big that he and they started doing this thing like out in the desert or whatever. Yeah. And so the guy that told me about it, this, you know, this guy I met who's dead now, by the way, drug drug overdose. You know, this guy was definitely an artist, you know, definitely privileged and white. Mm -hmm. He had made money in some tech venture or whatever and was now you know, him living this lifestyle. Yeah. And while the guy was clearly intelligent, interesting, he was also a fucking weirdo and, and rubbed me the wrong way. And it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth Yeah, about Burning Man. I'm like, well, if this guy's going to Burning Man, yeah, I don't want to fucking go to Burning Man. Right. Right. I don't need to go to Burning Man because I got my fucking cabin. And if I'm going in the middle of nowhere, I'm going by myself. Right. Or with just a very few people that I want yeah. to be with. Right. And so, um, and that was probably 95, right? Okay. And so on one hand, I understood why people maybe wanted to go, but I also felt like, well, if this is the kind of people that go, like, I don't give a shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, but I got invited to go. He invited me to go. And I just never had an interest in going. I just didn't, you know? Some people have this burning desire to go to Burning Man. I just have never had that desire. And in fact- Back then, you were still in Chicago? Yeah. I was in Chicago. Okay. Graduated college in 94. Right. And don't get me wrong. Like, there's a part of me that is very much a fucking hippie. You know what I mean? In my deep, deep down. You know I mean? Yeah. That artist hippie side. You know right. I mean? I I went to several Grateful Dead shows in my day. I have a few tie-dyes in my, you know, <laughs> closet. I mean, I went through my, as white people do, I went through my hippie phase. Um, in <laughs> fact, my high school thespian group we did hair the musical hair in in mm-hmm. high school like you can't get in, you know much more white privilege than that right right anyway so over the years many friends of mine have gone to burning man and have you know so i've just been invited many many times i just have never gone and just never really had a desire to go. So where exactly is Burning Man? I just Burning know Man the is, desert, but is, where? And is held, they call it on the playa. It's held, it's an ancient, it's the bed of an ancient uh, lake. What state is it in? Well, it's in... Um, is it Nevada? Or? Well, you fly into Reno, typically, and you drive out from there. Yeah, I want to say it's Nevada. Nevada, New Mexico, something? Yeah, I honestly don't fucking know right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it's part of the reason why, you know, like clearly I don't give a shit because I don't even really know where I'm going. Right. So buddy of mine. By the way, you, it's it's in the playa. It's in the playa. No, it's the playa. Yeah, yeah. which which by the way is a Spanish word for beach. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. it's not really in the fucking playa. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's like no white water. people called it. There's the playa. usually water at the beach. There's, there's no water at the water. beach, but there's yep. no beach. Okay, but go on. So 
And, you know, some of my friends that have gone over, I love I me. Mean, these are some of my best friends that I've known, you sure. know, and uh, one of one of my first black friends from the south side of Chicago who now lives in San Francisco, he's gone countless times. In fact, I'm going to see him there. Right. We were Facebooking. He's going to be there again. He works for Dolby. Okay. Ellis Reed, LT, Chip, we call him. And so, right. So, okay. You know, whatever. I'm not going. I don't care. Whatever. And then my buddy Paul Anthony from Portland, who you know as well, yeah. he started going 10 years ago, I guess, and has gotten way into it. Like, he's like a total burner, whatever that means. Like, he is a true believer. Yeah, I can see that. In the, yeah, in the Burning the experience. Man experience. And yeah, in fact, okay. he has, in typical Paul fashion, has built out this camp called Camp Corny that is crazy. There's like... 40 or 50 people staying in this camp. The operating budget for the camp is like $50,000 that everybody pays into <laughs> to offset. There's this huge, there's like, he's got four or five 40 foot container trucks hauling in all of his stuff. He's got DJ booth, dance floor structures, Jesus. RVs that, you know, go around the perimeter. There's this, you know, there, there are these arches that breathe fire, you know, that go into the entrance of the camp. Like, it's just insane, right? Well, he's been begging me to go or begging me, asking me to go for the better part of the last seven, eight years, you know. And in fact, I bought tickets to go, uh, I guess it was two years ago. And I had tickets in my hand. They're, they're, they're such a pain in the ass to get these fucking tickets. Mm -hmm. But I had them and I was going. And part of the reason I was going, <laughs> part of the reason I was going is to shut Paul up because I was right. just like tired just of tired like of hear, him saying like, him, you yeah. know. But then I had a dear friend pass away. You know, just right. days before the Burning Man. So I didn't go. I sold my tickets and I didn't go mm. for, you know, for good reason. And so this year I have decided to go do this and see what the see what the uh, the mayhem is all about. I, I'm trying to, you know, in all candor, I'm trying to remain open. And there's part of me that wants to go just as a fly on the wall to kind of observe you know, and kind yeah. of watch the mayhem, you right. know, there's part of me that wants to go and actually have fun and enjoy it and dig it and like it and be glad I went, you know, sure. it, it'd, it'd suck to be go and, you know, yeah. hate that you went or regret going. And so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how I feel after the experience. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm going into it with all of this kind of weird history around it. Sure. I still am kind of ambivalent or indifferent about going. I'm I'm actually excited to go and, and hang with Paul. I haven't seen Paul in a right, while and right. we're going to catch up and have fun and you know whatever. Yeah. You know, as somebody who has you know traveled to the middle of nowhere and have lived in the middle of nowhere, I appreciate the logistics and the complexity and the difficulty of of traveling to nowhere and surviving and being comfortable and, you know, mm -hmm. let, and that's just me and my buddies or whatever. And let alone 50, 60,000 people that come and build this city out of nothing and then, you know, and then take it away. So, so I don't know, it'll be interesting. I mean, the, the logistics of that, right. Are pretty, yeah. pretty impressive, but I'm going to fly tomorrow from LAX to Portland Mm -hmm. I am going to Paul's house where I will take his vehicle, go to Walmart, buy a bike, come back, load up all my stuff because he's got his RV, several other trucks 
and there's a caravan driving, leaving Thursday morning yeah. from Portland, driving to the playa, the right. beach, not, where we will start setting up this camp. Right. And the whole experience is like a seven or eight day thing. Like the Burning Man, the, yeah. the, the sort of in, it's sort of the last day or the last night or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be there for that whole time. I'm actually arriving early, mm-hmm. coming in and helping set this thing up. Yeah. Then I'll be there, I guess, uh, like, you know, maybe I think things start rolling Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I actually fly out on Wednesday. Right. My daughter's birthday is on the 30th. I fly out on the 29th. I'll be home the night of the 29th. Yeah. So I'm actually only going for, you know, like three days or so of the actual right. festival. So, but it's just been interesting as well to observe people's perceptions around what Burning Man is, you know, even among my other white friends, right? right? Like there are some that literally just roll their eyes <laughs> and go, oh, Burning Man, Ugh. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And maybe that that eye roll is rooted in the fact that people don't like camping. It's dirty. It's middle of nowhere. It's a pain in the ass. You know, so those people are those people are just going to roll their eyes at much of life, right? Because they just want to go to nice hotels and and travel comfortably wherever they're going. They don't want any discomfort or you know whatever, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and then there are just some people who roll their eyes because they think it's some. you know, pagan orgy, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, who, you know, they don't know that they've heard, they, they, you know, who knows? And they just have these crazy ideas about what it is. And maybe some sure. of them are true. Maybe some of them aren't, I don't know, but you know, that's what they think. And then there are people that, that get super excited about, you know, it's like, Oh, Burning Man. Oh my God. I, you know, we've always wanted to go and I, well, I've been, Oh yeah, you're going to love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting, you know, the perception that I've witnessed among my white friends about Burning Man. Yeah. And then among my friends of color, Mm -hmm. I get an eye roll, (laughs) right? Because they don't get it, see it, like it, want it, or what, you know, I don't, you know. Yeah. And quite frankly, one of the things that I, for the record, one of the things that I'm actually not looking forward to is realizing my worst fear. Which is my worst fear is that it is primarily a white experience. Yeah. Because when I look at the photos of the people that go there, yeah. nine out of 10 of them are white. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, that's fascinating to me. I don't know any Mexicans who have gone. Right. I'm not saying they don't go. I just don't know any. But I mean, so what is that a function of, right? Is that a function of socioeconomics? Is that a function of white privilege? Pr- white privilege. I like, think, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, first of all, these tickets to go there. Yeah, they're fucking... If you get them at face value, day one, they're 500 bucks. Okay. So, for me to pay 500 bucks to right. go somewhere... Right. Just as a ticket. Entrance right. to somewhere. Right. Okay. I'm not going to go to a fucking dope-ass concert <laughs> for 500 bucks. Right, 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 right. I'm just not. Yeah. And now you're telling me, wait, I'm going to pay 500 bucks to go be uncomfortable? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know? In the desert? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's totally illogical. Now, would you spend five hundred dollars to go to my cabin in northern Canada near the Arctic Circle where there are bugs and bears? No, 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 no. You said there's a entry fee. There's a ticket. Yes. Yeah. If there was an entry fee for that, no, because it's nature. You're supposed to be free. It's supposed to be 
inexpensive to do that. Okay. Like okay. I, I love camping. Right. I love yes. going yes. camping yes, in outdoors. Do. Yeah. So you do like being uncomfortable. Like you don't, as a human being, mm-hmm. you don't mind being uncomfortable. You like camping. A lot of people don't like camping. Don't like being uncomfortable. Camping can be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So your issue, the five hundred dollar fee is you don't want to. You don't want to pay if you're going to pay to be uncomfortable. goddammit, it, you want to pay to do something you enjoy. I mean, if you're going to be outdoors, being uncomfortable, it should be like thirty bucks a night. <laughs> Okay. It shouldn't be five hundred dollars. I love it. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's the other part is that going going to a cabin, going out there in the middle of nowhere on your own. I love that. Right. But that's not what's happening here. No, okay. That's yeah. not what's happening. Yeah. Right. You're paying five hundred bucks. And the reason it's five hundred bucks And that's is, just the entry fee. That's the entry fee. Right. That's how they weed out all the other people. Sure. Sure. Right? That's the first level is just the entry fee. That now, what you're saying, you got, you're going to go with all these people who are going down. They're not going to be uncomfortable. It's the opposite. Like you think they're uncomfortable because in the middle of the desert, but they're spending what fifty thousand dollars on a fucking camp. That's not uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Definitely not. Yeah. They're coming up with all kinds of shit so that to make their life there this week as comfortable as possible mm-hmm. under the guise that they're in the middle of nowhere being uncomfortable. You know, it's white privilege. <laughs> White privilege. It's like that thing, you know, when, when people say like, you know, you know, I was watching some videos, you know, you're watching videos and stuff and you're like, you know, this fucking shark attacks this person or this uh, antelope or lion attacks this guy or whatever. It's always a white guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't see even the black people that live there are like, nope, I'm not going to go out there. You know, it's always this white guy. This because they want adventure in your life, you know. <laughs> they want adventure in their life because right. they don't get it right, every day, right. or they don't, you know. And like I, I think it was D.L. Hughley said, I think it was him said, you know, just if you want adventure as a black guy, just walk down the street. <laughs> right, know? right, right. That so that's the thing. It's like I don't need this adventure to go prove that I'm alive or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah. I deal with it every day. Well, you know, it you raise an interesting point. Uh, a lot of good points there. One of the things that has always troubled me about the notion of Burning Man mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's this idea that, and, and by the way, Las Vegas has a similar thing. It's like that, you know, that yeah. campaign, you know, about what happens in Vegas stays in sure. Vegas. It's like, yeah. oh, you can go to Vegas or you can go somewhere and and be who you really are or right. to be crazy right. or whatever, yeah. you know? And the reality is like, no, motherfucker, be who you are here. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Why do I have to go somewhere to be someone else? I'm having a hard enough time just being who I am here right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like like being your true authentic self yeah. with integrity and character is challenging enough sure. not to have to then suddenly go and act a fool because it's somehow someone's giving me permission to. Yeah. Like, no, I give myself permission to act a fool every day here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to wait for some yeah. annual pilgrimage to some place to scratch that itch. No, I'm going to scratch that itch when I have it. Right. You know? And so a big part of my, I'm 48. I mean, a big part of my mid midlife, mm-hmm. becoming married, becoming a father, become, you know, like my whole thing has been trying to understand what it really means to be human and, and the human experience and find the integrity in my life, finding, having integrity in my life, being who I am, you know, or, right. you know, in discovering that and growing. And, and so I guess this gets to also why I just never had a burning desire to go to Burning Man because mm-hmm. I'm working on myself here. Yeah. I don't need to work on myself 
there because I'm just going to I'm going to go there. I'm just going to be me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be someone else. Hell, well, it's we'll hard f- enough we'll being out. me. We'll find out when you get well, back. We'll find out, won't we? Yeah. See yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I heard that. I don't know if it was last year or a few years ago or something, but I heard that like someone burned the burning man down like or like a. Like oh, a my whole, God. I love like this a, story. Yeah. Like no, but see, no, no. But see, this gets back to this gets back to a bigger point. Right. Yeah. Because when I first heard about Burning Man. Yeah. I re- did respect it because it was really an, an independent, not corporate kind of disconnected. Because if you're in the middle of nowhere, like part of it is about being off the grid. And yes, you want to be self-sufficient. And yeah, you want to have some modern conveniences or some comforts or what have you. But but there was this sort of, as I understand it, this real embrace of, what's the word I want? I mean, it, you know, it was uh, truly... I'm not finding the word I want, but it was it was just free of commerciality or connectivity sure. or, you know, it wasn't it was a almost like a subculture, you know, it mm-hmm. was and it was, a, you know, it was a very kind of rare special thing. Right. You know, people that kind of knew about it, knew about it, but it wasn't and it has come in, it has grown into and it's a nonprofit organization that puts it on. OK, but it has grown into this massive thing that some would argue has lost its soul. Right. Because when you have billionaires who are setting up their billionaire camps and flying in on their helicopters and you have people posting to Instagram from the playa on their iPhones, like that's kind of lost the point. Part of the point was to go to the middle of nowhere and be disconnected and be together and have that authenticity and that integrity, uh, you know, but the so some have argued that it's lost its, you know, integrity, it's lost its soul. Sure. And I personally felt that way when I first started seeing a couple of years ago people posting. I'm like, well, fuck. What's the point? I barely wanted to go before. Now, yeah. I really don't want to go because right. what's the point if it's just, you know. But what was the thing with the with the, the burning man getting burnt down? Oh, right. I'm sorry. So, then, <laughs> so the reason I love that story is because that to me harkens back to the original spirit of the event right right. because it was supposed to be some kind of you know anti-establishment a subculture kind of thing right Right. and so this dude decided to just fucking throw a match on the burning man like a couple days early i think it was like the first day or something it was it was like early on yeah it was like early on so he just fucking lit a match fucking like set that thing on fire right Now, I love this story for two reasons. One is because, like, how awesome is that to be like... He's, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm fucking like, you know, and like how... Talk about art. Like, I mean, like, yeah. that's just fucking... That's punk rock right there, whatever. You know, right. I love that. But I love the story for two reasons. One, that, that he did it, that he yeah. that he thought of it, he executed it, and he did it. So, you know, huge props. <clears throat> the second reason I love that story is because... And this gets back to kind of my respect for the logistics of Mm -hmm. what, you know, the planning that goes into this is that they had another man built (laughs) within a day or two. Like, like they had a backup man. Yeah. Like they kind of anticipated that it happened. Yeah. It might happen. Yeah. So like, how cool is that? It's like, uh, how cool is that? That they were like ready for this, you know, ready for it. Now the bullshit part of the story is that they apparently, I heard, did find the guy and press charges. Oh, they did? Uh, which I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the whole purpose. But yeah. you gotta, by the way, that guy should have been like, yeah. like celebrated as a fucking hero, you know? Right. Anyway. When I think of yeah. Burning Man, yeah. the image in my head sure. is Mad Max. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's right. exactly that's what right. I think of Mad that's Max. Right. Yeah, and it's it like, has a very Mad Max uh, Road Warrior. Yeah, kind of vibe yeah, it's about a Mad it. Mad Max Road Warrior, and that's, steampunk. There's like a very steampunk vibe right, about it. Right, and you know what? There's no Mexicans in in Mad Max. <laughs> right. Let's right. look at it again. Was, right, right. You know, so I don't know. It's just a it, have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I told my wife. Good luck. Yeah. You know, because my wife is one of those people that rolls her eyes. By yeah, the way. Yeah. My wife is not white, by the way, but she rolls her eyes. That's and, right. You know, yeah. as we've discussed. So she agrees with me. White she, yeah. And but I've told her. I mean, the only reason I'm going is for the orgies and free sex. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm going. She's cool with that. Yeah, you know. Why she just rolls her eyes white people. That's white people. White people shit. So so yeah, I'm looking forward to the to the pagan uh, orgies, uh, <laughs> the free sex and um, you know, cuz I hear it's amazing. Well, you know, the one thing that that this brings up um and is a parallel to I think the art world mm -hmm. in another way is that you know, I've heard from other artists and stuff like that who have said that they've they've been behind behind the curtain, so to speak. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. I'm talking about artists who you know get invited to those parties and sure. and uh, get to do art at that level. You know, what I've heard is just like you know those big big billionaire collectors mm. and whatever. They're fucking freaks. Mm, oh yeah, you know. And there's some like crazy shit that they do. And I've heard some of the stories and I've heard some of the things and some of these artists that are getting paid millions of dollars to put on these events for, you know, for these like three collectors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's some fucking freaky ass shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sick and twisted, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But but they have money. Right. That's how they get away with it. And that's how they get their kicks. Mm -hmm. And um, this to me, this is parallel to that. Sure. To me, it's like this is what people do um, who have you know, more money than they can spend. How do you get your kicks at that point? You know? Well, so. but see, this also gets to the other point, which is like, this was started by people with no money. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, hijacked, uh, yeah, totally appropriate, whatever. Yeah. Some would say mm -hmm. that, well, we can't know cause we've never been, you know, like you don't know. Yeah, sure. You know, you're wrong. You got to go. You can only know by going, you right. know? Okay, fine. That's fair. You know, fair. Fine. I haven't been. You know, I'm about to go. I'll find out, you know, what it is. Yeah. But look, I do take issue. I, mm -hmm. sourdough, yeah. take issue with anything losing its soul right. to moneyed interests. Right. I don't know. I mean, I you know, like... But that's the problem we have that, in this country and, and... But that's what's happening on so many levels, isn't it? I mean, uh, hip-hop. Yeah. Think about hip-hop. Right. Why did it start? Because there was poor kids in the block who uh, weren't having their needs, their, their needs met, who were trying to fight, you know, gangs and shootings and violence and drug dealers. And they started hip hop. And then you look at hip hop now and it's all about the fucking guns and the, and the bling and the, all that bullshit, yeah. you know? And so totally lost its soul and everything that happens in this country, that's, that's, where it goes it, unfortunately because of capitalism unfortunately because of society we live in it's like we appropriate everything to the point where we fucking kill it and so so i you know every movement has had that that same issue yeah every movement has has had that issue we see you know i don't know call it the gentrification of burning man i mean the gentrification of like so many communities cities 
that are pushing the average Joe or Jane out for any number of reasons. It seems to be happening on so many levels. And, you know, obviously this is a sort of a segue into a much bigger, richer, excuse the pun, ex- uh, conversation about the affects and the effects of money yeah. on not just a culture, but on a psyche, on a, you know, like I'm not a religious guy by, by a long shot, but I always was intrigued by in the New Testament, mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, I really said that weirdly, didn't I? I said Jesus. 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 That's your evangelical. <laughs> I guess. Coming through. Jesus. 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 And I say Jesus. Jesus. He threw the merchants out of the synagogue. The temple. Yeah. The temple. Right. You know, this was a holy place. Why dirty it with commerce and money? Right. And then he tells that parable about easier for. Uh, the camel get a, through a, the, the eye of a needle and then a rich man into heaven. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, evangelicals, and I come from, you know, that yeah. kind of uh, dimension of Christianity, Protestantism, you know, they would interpret that very literally. But I think metaphorically and conceptually, it is a very interesting notion. Wait, but how do they think about it? What do they say about that? Because they're literal. Right. Well, so basically what? for them, literally, it just means like, you know, very basic that money is evil, you know, and a Christian really shouldn't want to be rich. So, you know? so what the fuck is going on right now that... This is my point. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's insane because, of course, not only do, you know, minister, pra- preachers, pastors, what, you know, are yeah. you know driving Bentleys now. Right. But now you go to most churches in there and there is a... Hell, I've been in a church with an ATM in it. Oh, shit. There is a church Damn. in Griffith, Indiana <laughs> called Family Christian Center yeah. that has an ATM. That's next level. In the fucking lobby, go. as well as a bookstore and a Starbucks. Get out of here. I swear to God. Jesus. Okay. Now, Jesus. But that, that's Jesus. The hypocrisy run, you know, like, let's right. not even get into the hypocrisy, <laughs> right. but I just want to get back to what Jesus was talking about, which right. is really interesting. Yeah. Which is the affect or the effect of money on a person's spiritual life, well-being, psyche. Yeah. You talk about these rich folks doing freaky shit. Yeah. yeah. Because when you have the money to do what the fuck you want to do, you think you can do whatever you want to do and you can get away with it. And a lot of times you can get away with it. Oh, yeah. But to what end? Right? Yeah. Having someone killed, you know, because you, you know, want to, because you, they wronged you, because, or maybe you just want to snuff them out because you're sick and you like to fuck dead people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But, Absolutely. That's happening. Yeah. I That's happening 100%. It's a fucked up society we're living in for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> that's what's going on. Money. In San Francisco, there was a, there was a rooftop when you drove into San Francisco from LA, there was this rooftop that you would see as you crossed over the bridge. And there was this twist piece. I always remember it. Mm-hmm. This is like in the early nineties. And it had like a, it was like a dollar bill mm-hmm. and had one of his characters in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it said, money is your God. Sure. And it was awesome because it was, you know, it was like the, as you drove into San Francisco, you, right. you knew you were there because that you would see that rooftop right. piece by twist. Shout out to Twist, Barry McGee. Yeah. But um, that's the reality, man. That's what's going on. And it's kind of scary. And then you think about it, too, because, you know, being obviously Latino and and having come from, from a family that has these 
traditional ways of thinking mm-hmm. and stuff like that you kind of either you aspire to be that mm-hmm. like oh my god i'm, I'm going to do whatever i can to be rich and make mm-hmm. money and mm-hmm. and be in that circle mm-hmm. or you say you know what that's not that's not our path and that's not right. you know that's not what we believe in and that's that's there's other there's more important things to life right. you know and so i think immigrants especially deal with that issue all the time sure you know because i come obviously my family comes from mexico so most of us were raised Catholic and yeah. have, you know, that kind of idea in terms of religion. But in terms of wealth, it's always been passed down to me that it's you get rich or wealthy or comfortable or whatever through your hard work. It's through your own hard work. Right. It's not through deception or stealing right. or doing, you know, selling drugs or doing whatever. Yeah. It's always, you know, there's an honor yeah. in Making and integrity, yeah, nobility, and, 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 yeah. and becoming something yes. through your own means, you Effort, know. Yeah. And so it's funny when Americans or people who don't like immigrants say, "Oh, they're here just take my job," or you know, immigrants are the issue and immigrants are the problem. When most immigrants come to this country with this incredible work ethic, yes, you know that they're going to yep. bust their ass. Yep, like they don't want shit for free. Yep, they, they don't. Yeah, no. And um, it's it's just always really funny how people spin it the other way around just for their political, you know, gain or whatever, you know. But that's why they say money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, the love of money? The love of money. Ah. See, see that's I, the, see, I, that's I, I, the I nuance. Yeah. And that's the difference because money is just money. That's true. I agree with that. Right. And yeah. it's just, you know, money can be used for great things, good things. You know, right. it's not, it shouldn't necessarily be, it somehow has become about narcissistic pursuits of whatever. Right. But like money you can do great good in this world if it's applied that way. So it is, you know, it is about the love of money that can be the, that drives the root of all evil. I think that's part of the nuance that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, evangelicals have, have missed and that leads to the hypocrisy because- right. They they think it's the money. No, it's their love of money that causes them to make bad decisions or whatever. Right. And I love what you're saying about the sense of wealth um, and value that mm-hmm. is created when you know you are when you use your hands and you use your brain to do an honest good work, whatever it is. On you know that there is you know there is great gratification. You right. know, and that's the thing too. It's like I think education, wisdom, knowledge, these things allows some very rich people to not act rich. You look at Jimmy Carter, yeah, for example. How right. many presidents have gone on to make a ton of money or to to yeah. to celebrate, you know, to leverage their celebrity or whatever the case might be? Right. And Jimmy Carter is an interesting example of a guy who's a humble guy who's just trying to, you know, help and, you know, and I think sometimes when you're educated or when you have wisdom or when you have knowledge, like you understand that, that money can't buy happiness. It can't, you know, like it is, it is just a, it's not the end all, you know, money is energy to me and it's about like, okay, do I want to apply this energy to, to good ends, to, to selfish ends, to, you know, to what end do I want to apply this energy? I've said this for a long time. It's like, you know, yes, I want to make millions of dollars, of course, yeah. but I want to make the millions of dollars actually to help others and and give back to my family and friends that have helped me along the way and to 
help others less fortunate. And if I make those millions of dollars, I'm probably going to spend it. Uh, well, now that I have kids, I would you know use it to set them up for the future, you yeah. know, just so that they're safe. But really, I would use the money to not buy things because I don't give a shit about material things. Really, I love unless it's art. I will, will, right. will collect art, but I love travel. I love experiences. I want to go do shit. It's a big, crazy world. Sure. I want to see it as much of it as I can. So I would use that energy, that money to go see the world. But or to go to Burning Man. <laughs> dude i don't even i don't even want to talk about what this fucking thing is costing me jesus christ it's so stupid it's like stupid it's just stupid um how much fucking if i'm spending this much time energy and money to go to the middle of nowhere i can't believe i'm doing it with fifty thousand other people i really prefer to be alone if i'm going you know spending that kind of money and whatever don't even get me started but i am going <laughs> It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting, you know, trip. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I do want to go into it with an open mind. I, I am interested to see the the art there, you know, the logistics of building this stuff. You know, it, it, you said it. I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, who are these artists that get funded to build these things? Because they're, they're, it's like they're to, some of the stuff, it takes them all year to build. Oh, yeah. That's all they do. It's all they do. You know? And so how are they? Are they wealthy to begin with? Right. Are they getting grants? I know, I know BlackRock, the organization that produces Burning Man, they have grants and stuff that artists get, you know, to help fund their projects. Okay. But I think, you know, not, you know, being the not real art podcast. Yeah. I think the, the conversation vis-a-vis art at Burning Man is an interesting one to think about it within the context of being an artist in the art world, because who are these artists? What is this art about? How are they funding it? What is that whole culture, that whole life cycle? Because, you know, I don't believe these artworks have a have an afterlife. I think a lot yeah, of them, yeah. you know, get destroyed right there or what have you. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm just fascinated because clear, it, it's an industry, right? right. The Burning Man. Uh, well, I've, I've seen some of these artists and they're they're back here in L.A. And then afterwards they're like, yeah, I'm not going to Burning Man this year. So. I have this fucking thing that I created for Burning Man. It's for sale. Yeah. And no one buys it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> because it's so specific yeah. to Burning Man. Right. Right. That unless you're going to go right. and take that art with you, right. doesn't make sense. Well, because, I mean, burn, the, the playa, right, is, the environment is the frame, right? And what, what you have is you have this ancient lake bed that is now a desert. And you got the mountains in the back. And so it's in this huge open expanse of the sky. Mm-hmm. So the so the scale, the the frame exactly. of that, you know, it's yeah. very to your point, it's very site specific. It's very interesting to think about building something that is so big and sort of I don't know, is it big, is it small in that context? You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, but then the 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 dust and the environment and the patina that kind of builds sure. on the, you know, I mean, there's just lots, lots of different aspects to it. You wouldn't fit in my backyard. <laughs> you know, no. like I'm not gonna buy it for my backyard. Right. You know? Well, you're gonna be a burner pretty soon. Well, like I said, let me be, just say this one last time so that our listeners understand why I'm going. <laughs> Pagan orgies and free sex. This is exactly what you know. This is all I'm interested in. Well, we'll find out if that's exactly what what goes on. <laughs> I'll have to come back and I'll just call it performance art. Yeah, no, I, it was interactive, immersive art, man. One. <laughs> well, the, the the true test is when when you whip out the credit card for next year. <laughs> then that will prove everything. Well, well, that's right. I mean, will I want to go back or not? You know, now to that point, you know, I will say now, and I've said it before, what's fascinating to me is that why these people want to go back 
again and again and again because to me the world's a big place and I, there are lots of places that I want to go to right and I got limited time to get there yeah so why would I go back to the same place again and again and again so it'll be interesting to me if I feel like okay one and done yeah check it out check it off the list don't need to go back you know will I well or will I feel like oh yeah no I would would go back that's the difference between a burner and not a burner hmm oh Right. right. Do you go back a second time? Yeah. If right. you go back, then you're a burner. Oh, that's so maybe, a fair maybe, point. So maybe you're not a burner yet. No, I'm not a burner you're, yet. You're what's before a burner. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> yeah, I'm a pre-burner. I'm a match. I'm just a match. So yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see how it plays out. You know, the fact of the matter is my daughter's yeah. birthday is August 30th. Yeah. So Burning Man is always going to conflict with my yeah. daughter's birthday and there's right. nothing that is more important than my daughter. So that's um, true. Yeah. Well, I'll just take my daughter to Burning Man yeah. for her birthday. <laughs> when she's of age. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, get this though, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> there is this whole like, and this is this is part of the perception of Burning Man that people don't get. Yeah. There is a whole family element here. Oh, yeah. Like there's a whole section for kids, yeah. families, parents bring their kids there. Yeah. My old neighbor, Jack, and uh, who worked in production here in, in, the, in Hollywood, yeah. every year. He took his son, Jack Jr., who was like eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. They would they pack up their RV and it was a father-son trip. Right. And because for them, it was all about the art and all about just the, just being out there, father-son camping in this desert thing. Yeah. You know, he wasn't taking his kid to the pagan orgies and, and, and drug-fueled parties, you know. But he would, they, they did it every year. They did like, when he was telling me about this, apparently they'd done it like four or five years, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And so, anyway, so yeah, so there, you know, I think... To paint with a broad brush as to what it is or what it isn't probably isn't fair to what it really is, but we'll see. There was kids in Mad Max, I remember. <laughs> white kids. Yeah, white kids. No Mexican kids. No Mexican kids. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, my friend, we uh, yet again exceeded the uh, legal limit of our broadcasting license. Yeah. You know, we got to wrap this up for the feds come uh, revoke our privileges so but before we do we got to uh shout out to our listeners and um i don't know just uh, ask for your social media love yeah we gotta let them know how to find us yeah man please uh subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast we're on uh, itunes we're on stitcher we're on soundcloud you can find us uh, from not com, but uh, share, of course, with your friends, all that good stuff. Comment, like, uh, all that good stuff. Of course, we've got our 24-hour hotline. That's right. You want to call and uh, tell us what's on your mind. Even though people don't use their phones anymore yeah, right. to call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Can they text us now or no? They have to call? No, they can only call to this line right, well, for this it. voice because it's a voicemail yeah. box. And By the way, so, it's, a, it's a special call. You, you, Everyone needs to call and hear this. Yeah, the special. message is fun. Yeah, it's very no, special. It's fun. And uh, it's a 24-hour hotline, toll-free. Yeah. 833 833- not real. 833, not real. Yeah. Those numbers are 833-668-7325. So, uh, listeners, our dear, dear listeners, please call us and tell us what's on your mind. And I guess all that said, we're out, man. All right. Have a beautiful day. You too, Burner. <laughs> Peace. Late. <laughs>